unquestionably the uh, the shock of the weekend. It was at the Stade Gaston Gerard in uh, in Dijon, where the uh, team currently twentieth in the standings took on the league champions, the league leaders, Paris Saint Germain, and Robbie Thompson saw the action. Di Maria, danger here. The pass for Mbappe, and that's how you finish. And that's the difference. And Dijon have a mountain to climb already. And Dong, it's a great ball in. The chance, and it's in this time. Munir Shuya. And it's no less than Dijon deserve. With Cadiz, the Venezuelan has got the better of Marquinhos. Still going, Jondar Cadiz into the area, still going. And he's given Dijon the lead. Jondar Cadiz, his first start in Liga. And he's dribbled his way, not once, but twice, through the Paris Saint-Germain defence, before beating Kaylor Navas from a near-impossible angle. It's all over. It's an historic victory for Dijon. Uh, Robbie, Mad. Dijon certainly did cut the mustard. PSG got off to a snail's pace in Burgundy. Any more puns? No, Not I think really. that's just so about got it covered. Probably it. But no, Dijon, what a result. PSG actually uh, actually did start okay. Mbappe gave him the lead. But then Dijon what? just before half-time, just mm-hmm. after half-time, got the goals. An incredible upset. Well, how the, let's talk about the game first. Dijon started very well. They had a couple of shots from distance and, and the goal for Paris Saint-Germain was sort of that goal where you think, okay, well, Dijon gave it everything. One chance for Paris. Mbappe scores. Game over. And to their credit, Dijon came back. They didn't really have that many clear chances in the rest of the game. A little mistake perhaps from Navas who, who didn't handle uh, Ndong's cross well Big mistake, that fell yeah. for the opening goal. Big mistake. And then the, uh, the second one, I saw Navas criticised again. That's not really his fault. It's uh, the Cadiz, the Venezuelan striker, who making his first start for Dijon, dribbled past Marquinhos and Paredes and then almost twice and fired home how from can, a, a tight angle. How can it not be the goalkeeper's fault where you know, he's, he's got no angle at tight all? Tight angle and through he's his legs. He's a left-footed shot. Like, the goalkeeper has Because got, he's got... Paris Saint-Germain's goalkeeper. No, no, no. I'm sorry, no. Navas, uh, Robbie. We'll, Great goal. We'll, we'll, there's a lot to talk about in this game, but Kayla Navas has done really well. But he had a shocker against Dijon for, for yeah, both, well, for both certainly goals. He, he would feel he should have done better with uh, both those ones. Fantastic, fantastic performance from Dijon. And uh, like we see, rewarded, like I was just saying, rewarded for having a go and deciding not before, to... Uh, sorry, it's, it's better that Navas can, gets his mistake out against Dijon than doing it against Manchester okay, United in the round of 16, though, Imagine isn't it? if that was Areola. Would we be going, oh, he'd be a bit disappointed. No, we'd be going, this is or not, this is not on. Yeah. Well, I would be. But uh, everyone else would be saying this is a, a complete disaster. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Ariola was always on the receiving end. Stefan Jobard, Jobard, the Dijon coach, he's got a massive task this season because his squad is, uh, is limited. But to be fair, it, it wasn't just a smash and grab. He played an attacking side. He played two up, didn't he, with uh, Tavares and, and Cadiz. Mm-hmm. And, and they took the game to Paris Saint-Germain. They rode their luck in the last half an hour. No they had a couple of that. injuries in the first half as well. They lost two uh, defenders. A right back and central defender to injury in the in the opening twenty minutes as well. So, look, fair play. And it's not a coincidence, is it? I mean, Paris Saint Germain have now lost to Reims, Rennes, and Dijon. There is there is an issue still there that Thomas Tuchel 
hasn't been able to eradicate yet. There's certainly a feeling that, uh, well, a problem they haven't been able to eradicate. What does that mean? Because we're trying to go through the season undefeated or... Because they've lost seven in the last 20, including three this yeah, season. Yeah, but the end of last season doesn't count. Though. No, because that's the first because time. It's also the league. first time in the Qatari era that PSG have lost three of their first 12 matches. Um, but yeah. but I think there's there's a feeling, isn't there? And maybe I'm... I'm misguided in my my rose Probably. my Carry rose on. tinted glasses but there's a feeling that Paris in the Champions League and against Marseille and against Lyon have been able to this time perhaps flick a switch and turn it on and take up that next they've step done it, up that they've next done it level. every year in the in the group stage they've, mm. every season they win 4-5 nil every game yeah except last and then when season, the pressure's on they don't do yeah. it and I, I I think that you know you had an interesting debate last week that um, I was I was on holiday, sitting on the beach, listening to listening to your to your podcast, and claims that this is the great that this PSG side is the greatest side that that league has ever known. Now, okay, in terms of quality individuals, there is a lot of quality. I think I could name ten other league teams in history that would beat beat this PSG yeah, side. I'm you with want, Dave. You want me to do it? Would okay, beat, the, stad, beat this yeah. PSG side. Yeah, or well, the Stade de Reims side, no problem in the in the 1950s. As I said, those boys are 18 um, now. Saint-Étienne <laughs> in the 70s. I mean, you know, the, the Nantes side that went 40-odd games unbeaten under Suodo. The, um, the Leon, I'd say three or four different Leon sides from that seven-year spell. Um, what Marseille, about any PSG sides, Matt, at least, the past that could a, beat this PSG side? Probably not, no. Um, I don't know, possibly... Possibly the PSG side from... I really like this, the team in 94, actually, that lost to Arsenal in the Cup Winners' Cup. They were phenomenal. Um, but uh, who else? At least two of the Marseille sides in the late 80s, 90s. Anyway, um, and also the PSG side from three or four years ago, I think, that was far, far stronger. Because That's you about look at, 10. Well done. Because yeah. you look at... Um, you know, all your people are like, oh, Thiago Silva, look, how, general, look but... how good Thiago Silva is against Toulouse. Okay, now Thiago Silva... Is, didn't play. Is having a good season. Mm. Didn't play against Dijon. Um, but six years ago, Thiago Silva was the best defender in the world. These days, he is a long way from Virgil van Dijk. And, uh, you know, you, I just think that... that P- anyway, the, the, the PSG side under Laurent Blanc was much better than this one. Nicolas so Alba. we've gone way off the subject. <laughs> what was the subject? Can I say something? Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm going to... I believe in consistency. So I'm still going to maintain that potentially, which was the crucial word that you omitted from quoting from last week's <laughs> show, potentially this is the best team that Ligue 1 has seen. But I do consider this Dijon defeat to be much worse than the Rouse one because just look at the team that PSG did send out. Okay, you read the press reports and they talked about absentees, but they played Di Maria and Mbappe and Icardi. Icardi's finishing was woeful after we talked him up last week. Um, compared to the team that they sent out uh, against Rouse when they were in one of those three games in a week and thinking of the Champions League, this was a far more experienced team, a team laden with quality, and yes, they should be I getting think, the results. Yes, but in the second half, Dave, they could have scored yeah, four they, or five goals. They exactly. So this, no, guys, this is football journalism, isn't it? We're saying that Marseille are good because they had one shot on target and scored twice. We're saying yeah. that Paris Saint-Germain had a bad week because they had, I don't know, 25 shots and only scored once. Yes, but again, against Rennes and Reims, perhaps, I think Paris Saint-Germain were not as good as they were in the second half if, against Dijon, where if, they probably, I think, still deserve to win, even though everyone loves the fairy tale story of bottom beating first. If I can just add my two pence about PSG, I think they might actually benefit from losing these games um, early in the season in, in Ligue 1 anyway because we get the same thing every February, March when they get knocked out of the Champions League that, you know, Ligue 1 is not posing them enough of a challenge and they're, they're well, the not, problem not last able to keep season, it up. That, but I, I, I yeah. think the fact that they're getting beaten now 
means that Thomas Tuchel will have more to sort of put right, more to put his players through in training and perhaps might make them stronger. Yeah, try and keep everyone focused and, yeah. and concentrating. I think that if they make the quarterfinals of the Champions League as well, that adds an extra no, month of com- competitive action to the team. The problem last season was with these defeats at the end of the season was that they were already champions and, yeah. the, and the yeah. French Cup final was finished. And when you don't have that extra competitive edge, well okay. then, I've got a couple of points to make yourselves. here. First point, potentially <laughs> this podcast could be, is whatever, the greatest ever football podcast there's been. Potentially this podcast is incredible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I can name 10 other podcasts that, that it has the potential. <laughs> the second point, <laughs> that would beat this one. <laughs> the second point, I disagree very, very strongly with Armel's point. I don't think these are good at all for Paris Saint-Germain to lose these matches. I think it's showing that there is um, still an arrogance. They're still living in this comfort zone. What I find interesting, last season when they came unstuck against Manchester United, it was, it was the new guys who, who were at fault. It was uh, Carrer, it was, it was Buffon. And you look at the game against Dijon, it was the new guys a little bit. Navas missed, not Navas, um, what's he called? Icardi Mara. missed four unbelievable chances. Navas made two terrible mistakes. So it's almost like they've been infected with this Paris Saint-Germain, um, what's the Virus. word looking for? Virus. Um, no, for, for me, the, the big problem last season was that they could get away with not playing a balanced midfield and it was just working for the first half of the season. And then you get to the Manchester United game and you end up with a very old, very slow Danny Alves walking around and attacking midfield while Manchester United... But nothing's changed, Dave. Nothing's changed because on Friday night, night, what did he do? He put Bernat in midfield. Um, He moved Marquinhos back to centre-back, even though he'd been doing so well in in central midfield. He played Diallo at at left-back. He's making... I don't know. He's I don't making think he's bizarre making changes choices. for changes. No, well, look, it's the same with Surely uh, play, perhaps you... with Villas Boas at Marseille putting Camera into midfield. No, can I just finish, Robbie? Oh, why, okay. why yeah. play three guys out of position <laughs> when you could just leave Bernat at left back? You play Diallo at centre back, which is his position, and you keep keep Marquinhos in central midfield. Diallo is good at left back. He That's is. Why and also, when a coach is trying to create his starting eleven, Matt, he looks at. Yes, ideally you'd play Marquinhos in midfield because that's where he's playing. But unfortunately, there's no Verratti and there's no Herrera. So you have two other players you have to put in there and you don't want to play Marquinhos and Paredes in midfield together. So you look, do I play Marquinhos there and leave Paredes on the bench? Do I drop Marquinhos down into midfield? Is my overall 11 stronger? And that's why we see someone like Bubakar Camara in midfield for Marseille when Gonzalez returns. So the coach looks and thinks, well... Camera and Saleta Tsar were brilliant last year in central defensive periods. They've played the last few matches there together. But for the team, with Strotman exhausted or whatever, I'm going to move Camera into midfield. It's the same thing that, that Tuchol has done with this Paris Saint-Germain team. And it didn't pay off. But the reasoning is the same. Overall, you try and, with your jigsaw puzzle, get the, the strongest score out of 100 to start the team. Quick Draxler watch. Is he still injured? Draxler is back and came on right, in, okay. the, in the final minutes. Okay. But uh, failed really to to make an impact. All a bit baffling for me. This uh, this PSG talk. Well done to Dijon. Anyway, they're they're up off the uh, off the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm.